Oh, the pressure burns. I think at night she'll look more like her. Like she got it all figured out. And because of the size of her thighs and the pout on her mouth. Welcome to No Makeup, a podcast sharing authentic stories of really cool women who sign up to honestly and bravely tell us their stories. We believe stories can do a lot. They inspire, they console, and they shape our understanding of the world. So welcome as we interview women we admire and ask them to figuratively and literally, if they want to, take off their makeup and tell stories from the heart. Our podcast is proudly recorded at Vermont Public Radio. Welcome to No Makeup. I'm your host, Tiffany Bloomley, and I'm joined in the studio by podcast producer Marissa Parisi and today's guest, Aaron Cofield. Aaron's a journalist whose career in Louisiana, Rhode Island, and now Vermont has been focused on sports news. She serves as sports director at channels 22 and 44 and is the first female to hold that title in the market. She'll talk with us today about what drew her to sports reporting and about her perspective on being a woman in what continues to be a persistently male profession. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So what attracted you specifically to sports reporting? You know, a lot of people ask me that question, and I'm not really sure the answer to it. Often I go with maybe the passive-aggressive response of that. It's what interested me more. News, I'm not a big politics person. I had a hard time. I did news for a year in Louisiana. There was a lot of crime and, you know, a lot of bad news, and I just I didn't like it. And so I'd always loved sports, and I knew that I'd wanted to get into sports. And so I did my year in news to get into TV, and then I jumped over to sports, which I always say everyone's always excited when you're covering sports. And if they're not, someone got fired. And if that's what happens, then the news department probably took it over anyway. Well, you were actually in Louisiana at a particularly important time in sport in, in their sports history. Is that right? I was. I was very fortunate when I got to the TV station in Baton Rouge. I switched over to sports at one of the different stations in town. And right away, the LSU football team won the BCS National Championship. Shortly thereafter, the Saints won the Super Bowl, which was a big deal with, you know, all of the revival from Hurricane Katrina and everything to bring that city back. It was pretty amazing. Um, I was also fortunate enough to cover the LSU baseball team when they won the College World Series, an NBA All-Star game down there. I've, there have been a lot of pretty cool events. Did you have any particular role models when you were uh, starting out in the field? You know, I think that it, I don't ever, I'm never able to come up with just, just one. And I think a lot of it is I, I watched, you know, sports news growing up and that type of a thing, but I wasn't one of those kids that was glued to the TV, you know, watching it. I was more of a, I, I did sports. I used to joke that my mom didn't hire babysitters. She just signed us up for sports because mm-hmm. I did. I think every, played floor hockey with the boys, did cheerleading, gymnastics, softball, um, and but as I as I grew older, you know, to watch it and see some of the women who are good at letting their personality shine through and just act like themselves. And I feel like you can kind of tell when you watch some people who turns on and off for TV versus who's, you know, the same person you see on the TV, you see them in person. There's nothing fake about it. Well, and you're so you're you're saying that 
there's a human interest side to sports reporting that you're particularly attracted to. I think so. And I think at our station, we do um, a segment called Daring Aaron. And I think a lot of the success of that is that people get to see me, you know, being me. And I'm not a size zero, but sometimes I'm in a bathing suit on the TV doing a challenge. You well, know? so for the listeners, describe that segment. Sure. So Darren Aaron actually started in Louisiana, um, and it's we challenge local athletes at their given talent um, or at a different talent. For example, in Louisiana, I did one several where there was maybe an NFL football player who loves to bowl. I'm not going to be anywhere near as good as him at football, but maybe bowling. So we would bowl against each other. And then they'd get to see the athlete's personality and my own. Since moving to Vermont, it's been a little bit different um, because it's been more about trying out these different sports and stuff, you know, that the area has to offer. I did luge in Lake Placid. I swam like a mermaid last week. This morning I went and um, – Learned how to mountain bike with Leah Davison, the lone Vermont Olympian. Um, but so it's been a lot of fun, and it is. It surprises me sometimes when people come up to me, and that's what they want to talk about. They don't want to talk about, you know, UVM men's hockey. If they're doing really well, it's, what's the next Aaron Aaron? What are you going to do? And a lot of people have told me. It's, they feel like they know me. They feel like, you know, I'm their friend, and, hey, look at our go. Because, you know, it's I'm personable. It makes us more personable and easy to talk to and on their level. Well, we and you've been willing to take some risks and be vulnerable. Oh, without a doubt. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, what was the thing that, what was the Darren Aaron segment that scared you the most? Um, if, well, go with the ones that I've done in Vermont. I would say probably the Ice Luge, which was one of the first ones I did. And I think it was scary because you couldn't bail out midway through. You know, this morning I rode a mountain bike. If I got scared halfway through, it's like, I'm good with this trail. I'm just going to hit the brakes slowly and stop. The ice luge, you go, you're you're in. And so there was, when I went down it, I kind of hit my elbow and kind of crunched it on the wall. And then for a split second, my mind was like, okay, can we not? But then I was like, no, I can't. Like, it'd be worse if I tried to stop this right now. You just have to kind of suck it up, let that adrenaline rush go and, and give it a go. And what's the experience like, do you think, for the other person? I think for them it's often a lot of fun. I think that, you know, they get to go back to the basics a lot. And for them it is an opportunity to show off their personality. So often people just know an athlete by their number. Like, for example, the hockey players. People could pass a lot of them in the street and have no idea who it is until they hear a name. You know, and sometimes they're faced with basketball. But now you get to see, you know, what they're like and how – they talk and how they treat people and what their personality is. And so I think for them, that's a lot of the fun. Plus, I make a total fool of myself sometimes. So they're okay with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been um, nervous or intimidated by a sports assignment, non-Darren Aaron assignment? Anything about the, the actual story or the reporting of the story that really gave you pause? I think it would be not necessarily the content of what the story is, but there are times where the situation that I've put myself into to find out what's going on can be intimidating or scary, whether it's visiting a large venue for the first time. Like I went to New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the NASCAR race a few weeks ago, and I'd never been there. And so anytime you go somewhere brand new, and then when you're in the media, I'm trying to get the layout of the land, figure out what's going on with all these people who know what's happening, 
that can be intimidating, just it's that sense of the unknown. Um, but in regarding to like then gathering content, I always put it back to when I worked in Louisiana and we covered the New Orleans Saints. It's after a game, the media goes into the locker room. And these are grown NFL football players, and they don't care who's in there and what they're wearing and, and all of that. And it's something that we've got to be okay with and accept. And, I, you know, I do. I learned very early on that um, I should – I always joke, and I'm like, you just eyes up, let's go. <laughs> like, where's the players that we need to talk to? But it's funny because the advice I've given to interns or people that have come with me has just been – don't, you know, act like you belong there because you belong there. And they can sense it if you are a timid, scared, you know, person in there that doesn't know what's going on. Like, you belong in there just as much as they do and just own it. Okay, so where did you get that? That um, confidence. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think that a long time ago when I first started, which I can't believe it's been 10 years now. Oof, <laughs> I'm getting old. Um. I think that I had a very hard time in the very beginning with critics, with people that said, what is she doing on TV? I was in my you know, first year in television, but I was also the first female in Baton Rouge anchoring sports. And that's a crazy sports market. I mean, they love their teams a lot and they like the people that tell them what's happening. And I was a complete rookie, fresh out of college and a female. And so I had a rocky start. And then I just had a talk with my biggest mentor in the business, Steve Schneider. And he was just like, you know, we hired you for a reason. We know that you're, you know, kind of new to this, but we see it in you and your personality is you're a confident girl. So stick with it. Let it show through. Why would you, you know, not bring it to the workplace with you? And so I quickly just said, forget it. I'm not listening to you. I'm not reading those message boards where you pick on me and I'm just going to do my job the best I can every day. And in, in time, I, I won them over. You know, we started doing the Darren Aaron thing. I started covering, you know, the teams at the big events and showing them that I belonged. And, and I think confidence for women in sports reporting is huge. Meaning it's what it's, it's huge in that it, a, a lot of it is required. I think so. Cause I, Often I'm in a situation, too, where you've got to speak up or there's a lot of men and they're asking their questions and, you know, kind of dominating the scenario. And as much as I'd like to say that there's not men who are, you know, still think women don't belong. I mean, there are. And so to me, that made, in those situations, it's even more important to be that girl who's, you know, going to speak up and ask the question or if someone's not being fair about something, speak up and say it. Did you feel when you broke into sports reporting or do you feel now like you're a pioneer? I didn't at the time, but I think now when I look back and, you know, I it was a big deal in Baton Rouge to be the first female to anchor. And then when I moved to Vermont and found out that I was the first female to be a sports director, I was a little bit surprised. You know, granted, this isn't the biggest of sports markets. There's not, you know, a pro team. There's a big college. Um, what with them not having a college football team and college baseball team, you know, the winter's the big deal. I was just surprised that there hadn't been. It, but it makes me look back and feel like, you know, yeah, like that's a pretty big deal. And I always think that that's strange to think like, you know, that's on me. That's something that I did. Because it's not something when I first started I didn't say, I want to go be the first woman in this market and this market. Right. I just I wanted to do my job. Well, so are, in, in your observation, 
are women in your field held to a different standard? I do think so. I think that, you know, of course, looks is something that in television everyone always seems to to care about. And, you know, a lot mo- mainly it's something that the men care about. I don't think that women really care that much about it. But men just feel like, you know, if, oh, if it's a pretty girl and she's talking about sports, that's great. Um, but I, it is nice to see when you watch ESPN and you watch shows and there's some of the older women that have earned it and have worked and are still working in this business and don't have to worry about going to the gym and their hair and their makeup all of the time. But I do think that. I also think that we're held to a higher standard when it comes to knowledge in the sense that if I were to mess something up, um, it would be held against me for much longer than if a male were to mess something up. It's just, oh, he had a busy day and he just misspoke. But if I were to mess something up, it's, I don't know what I'm talking about, that kind of a thing. Which isn't true. Everybody has their days. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm wondering when you think it's going to change. I mean, only 15% of sports uh, journalists in the country are women. Well, that's a pretty surprising statistic to me in 2016. So Yeah. I don't know if it ever will completely balance out. I think that there are more women in the field, slowly but surely, as years pass on. You know, more and more are getting in. And there's more jobs that are developing with all the websites and that kind of a thing as well. Um, I know in Louisiana, after I'd worked at that TV station, all of a sudden – all these girls wanted to come and intern in sports, and now they're slowly but surely, you know, making their way out there, which I think is awesome. Uh, so I think to an extent we'll start to – it'll balance out a little bit more, but I don't think it'll – unfortunately, anytime soon, I don't think it'll be a 50-50 type thing. Well, you raise an interesting issue because you, you, you talked about young women who'd interned. Do you make a point of reaching out to young women to encourage them to do what you're doing? I do. I, you know, we meet a lot of communications majors along the way, whether I'm at a sporting event, at the grocery store, at the gym, and uh, they'll come up to me and they'll talk to me and, you know, and I would love to do anything that I can to help them, you know, get there and help them understand the hard work that goes behind it and how much it takes and, you know, some of the challenges that you have to face by way of what people might say and that kind of a thing and just you know, keep your head down and work hard and don't let those people, you know, fuel you in a negative way. Maybe let it, you know, fuel you in that positive way of saying, I'm going to prove you wrong. But don't, you know, don't, you can't ever let someone you don't even know shoot down your dream. Well, what do you think women bring to sports reporting? Is there a particular perspective that, that they bring to it? I think we do, especially in local news. I've had here last summer, I was at the American Legion Baseball Tournament, which is high school baseball players in the summer. And uh, the women work in the concession. I remember I went to get a drink or a water. And the women told me, they were like, we love to watch you because we understand what you're saying. We, You don't use big, fancy words. You know, we're not watching ESPN. And that's, to me, that's the most important thing to remember is that's our audience with local news. And they don't you know, I can show you the highlights and use, you know, simple, basic words and get the point across and the people can enjoy watching it and follow you and understand what's going on. And so I think sometimes with men, they feel like you have to get really flashy and show off, you know, your knowledge and that kind of a thing. But you have to keep in mind your audience and what they want 
to see and what they're going to enjoy. And it's not always highlight, highlight, highlight. Well, you know, recently some sports journalists uh, have come forward to discuss the harassment that they've experienced. And I'm thinking about people like Sarah Spain and Julie DeCaro, and they produced a video in which men that they invited in were asked to repeat online threats or insults that they had received. Lines like, I hope you're struck dead by a hockey puck, or who did you sleep with to get this job? So I'm wondering, you made a reference earlier, um, I'm wondering if you've ever experienced that kind of reaction to you. I certainly have, uh, more so in Louisiana than in Vermont. Everybody in Vermont has been great. I mean, we've, you know, every TV station has someone who's a viewer who's maybe just not happy and wants to voice their displeasure. Um, That hasn't really happened very much to me up here. Um, I've gotten nice letters up here, in fact. But negative things have happened. And it was more so, like I said, in Louisiana. And it was the hardest part for me is it's people who are hiding behind their phone or their computer and they just have no problem firing off, you know, mean, nasty things. And this website in Louisiana just went to town saying that I was sleeping with the entire football team. Yet I never had and never would even dream to do that. But they just decide this is what they want to come up with. And they just, you know, start spreading these rumors about you. And it's not true. And it's frustrating. And that's where you have to just bury it and and do your best. I remember there was one email we got at the TV station that um, my voice sounded like nails on a chalkboard. And every time I came on, it was a fight within the family to get to the remote. And, you know, that hurts your feelings when you read it. And no matter what kind of a person you are, you know, it, it hurts when people are making fun of you and how you do your job. But, you know, I very quickly learned to keep in mind that they're hiding behind something. They never would say that to your face. And I think it takes a, I don't even know what type of person to actually get on a computer, find the email address, and write something like that. That's, I think, what hurt me the most. If you don't like me, that's fine. But if you don't like me so much that you can take the time to go online, do that, you know, what did I do to you? <laughs> it's a fair amount of effort, and you th- have to think they don't have enough to do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, what advice would you give a young woman interested in breaking into any field in which she might be one of just a few? If you don't look at yourself as any different from them, then they wouldn't either. And I think that's something, I don't know when I flipped that switch in my head, but I remember I was recently, it was Vermont Day at Fenway, and I was in the press box and I just like looked around and at the time there was, I was the only woman in there. But I'd been in there for two hours. I'd never noticed it. It didn't even phase me. Um, and so that happens more often than not that I'm places and I'm the only female and it's no longer crosses my mind. So I think it's – and they don't treat me any differently. You know, they are all really nice to me. So I, th- I think that my advice would just be that if you don't act like it's different that you're there, then they won't and shouldn't. Well, that's great advice. And, and it's really been great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Makeup Podcast. Tiffany Bloomley is your host, and I'm your producer, Marissa Parisi. 
Our theme music is written and performed by Giovannina Bucci, and we are proud and grateful to partner with Vermont Public Radio on the production of our podcast. You can hear previous episodes by looking us up on iTunes or SoundCloud or on our website, nomakeuppodcast.com. On our website, you will find cool links and more info about our guests. Sponsors for this episode include Elida Duncan, who did the awesome No Makeup logo, and our friends at Langrock Sperry and Wool. One last note, we want to hear from you. If you have suggestions on guests or topics, head on over to our contact page on our website, Facebook page, or Twitter feed and tell us what you think. Remember, nomakeuppodcast.com. No makeup, no mask. No makeup, no mask. Run is my skin. This beautiful vessel I, I'm living in.